your parents and teachers and your uh, coaches from high school are super proud of you. Especially those of you that are beginning your first year, I hear from a few of them and I know the amazement they have before your confidence to take this great leap, right? To leave your home in a certain way and to confidently enter, maybe even they know the trepidation you have, but they see in you someone who's uh, starting this new venture. And, uh, or maybe I know some of you have switched schools and the confidence you had to say that I began a journey, but now to really follow the journey that uh, is being born inside of me, I have to go become one of those coyotes. Right? Or maybe you who had a difficult year and the confidence you had to stick with it and to overcome certain things that you thought were obstacles and yet you discovered were gifts to you in certain ways. Or maybe you're right in the middle of it and your perseverance. Other people see and it makes them proud. Proud of who it is that you are becoming. And in this journey at the university, you gain freedom and you exercise your freedom in certain ways that makes other people proud. And they say, this one, they're, they're like becoming themselves. I think they might not move back into my basement for 10 years. They're like getting it. I even heard they pick up their bedroom. Right? Your freedom being exercised is something that other people see that want what's best for you and know that they can't just give it to you over and over again, but that you must become someone who recognizes you have a gift and it has to be exercised. And you are the only one that can do that. And so your coaches or your teachers or people in your lives that aren't present to you in these days observe and watch and they're proud of you. And the circumstances of university life today are what they are, and nobody would be here uh, if it weren't because they want you or you want to have financial success. You want to have stability in your life. Right? The origins of the university and what a university for aren't about money, by the way, but that's a whole other issue that'll take about 100 years to figure out. Right? I once read an article from... President Abbott lamenting that the universities had become glorified trade schools. And I thought, ah, even the one leading us understands the problem. Now, you're all here because you want to make money. (laughs) You're all here because you want a career. You're all here in some ways. And your parents, yes, they want you to become who you are. But in ways, like, they want you to, they want to know you can provide for yourself. Right? And so, oh, they have a career. And while you may not think that your bank account is much, the fact you're at the university means you belong to a very elite group of people in the world. You have a richness and a wealth that even if your bank account is overdrawn, billions of people don't have the gift of being here to gain access to growth and knowledge and the human person and discover a path in which you can provide for yourself and provide for your families and provide for your communities and provide for your church and provide for the world. People are really proud of you. The son in our gospel today had confidence, certainty about who he was and the path he was on. 
The son in our gospel today had freedom, and he exercised it. The son in our gospel today had all of the inheritance given to him upon the request. And yet, the son lost the thing that mattered most. And he didn't lose the thing that mattered most because the father didn't want it for him. He lost the thing that mattered most because he didn't understand the order of things in his life. And when he went out and began his journey, he didn't see that things were going bad. He saw probably in the beginning that things were going good. But over time, if we don't understand the order of things in our lives, even good things will turn on us. And we will become less of who we are. The prodigal son didn't understand the essential nature of knowing himself and the father's love. The prodigal son thought he needed those other things. And so he left the one thing that gave him real life. He left the one thing that generated all of those other things. The father generated the son's freedom. The father is the one knowing the path his son might take, said, yes, go, this is good for you. The father is the one who had the riches and the wealth and gave it to him. The father is the one who allowed an environment of growth for this young man to be so confident and certain to take a path and to leave home. The father is the one whose energy and love and joy and peace and all of those things generates life in his son. And his son, as he goes out, is all focused on the consequences and loses the essence of what generated him. And so too can happen for us. Right? I have been asking myself, if you've been at daily mass, you know, or if you've been in conversation with me, you know, I've been asking the question, what are we doing here at the Newman Center? Like, why are we here? What's the purpose of this place? Right? I'm calling in the bad exterminators. Is that what we're here for, to make sure the place is functioning well? There's not bats, by the way. A couple got in because there was a hole in the chimney. Don't worry. <laughs> We just closed the hole. Right? But there's crickets around the side of the room. If you've been around here, you see, are we here to have a clean building? I mean, I hope we do. And I'm grateful for Margarita and everybody that helps take care of the place. Are we here to raise money and to generate money? Well, we need to support the place. But why are we here? Are we here to make friends? Well, there's a lot of places in the university that are helping you make friends. You don't need to be here. What is the purpose of this place? This place is to remind you of the essential one. This place is to call us into relationship with the one who generates all things. And then whether you have a big bank account or a little bank account, whether you have a couple of friends or you have many friends, whether you have a little certainty in life or you have great certainty of life, you have the essential one. You know yourself loved by God. But being loved by God isn't merely just something that I tell you. Being loved by God isn't something just you have to read a book about. Being loved by God and knowing you live in the Father's house isn't a way in which I can organize 
The love of God is the encounter that happens in your life in an unexpected way. When you meet something that says, oh my gosh, what is this? Or you begin to look back and you say, that day something began that helped me discover the essential one. I see it. It's uh, in you when you come in here at all hours of the day and night to pray. What is it that you're doing in here? Your parents didn't tell you to come. You don't know that I watch you or see you or have my door open in a way in which I know it's you who went past. Nobody on Instagram knows that you came here at 12.30 at night. Are you here because you recognize the essential one and you want to be filled more with him? Why is it that you pray at night before you go to bed? Why is it that you have the Bible in your room in which maybe someone might see it? Is it because reading scripture fills you, makes you more aware of the essential one? Why is it that you have the friends that you have and not other ones? Is it because being with them helps you become more of who you know you are? That in the freedom they give to you, you discover and know the joy of living this beautiful life. Because you have a place of mercy that you can always come back to again. It's a beautiful gift to know you're loved. It's very likely that some of us in here don't know that. But God knows, and he knows you. And the fact you're here begs a question. Why are you here today? Is it possible that God is up to something in preparing you for a surprise? And it isn't merely just this building, and it isn't merely just these sacraments, although this is the essence of the end of the journey that we lead, the place, the source that we come back to to be refilled. It's out there in this world. You see, the prodigal isn't wrong for having left home and gone out. The problem is the prodigal didn't go with the awareness of who he was. You are called to leave home, and you're called to leave this place too in time. You will grow in your awareness so that wherever it is that you go, you go aware of him. And then whoever you look in the eyes of, you're capable of knowing, I don't know how to get what's in me to you, but if we hang out long enough, I think it might happen. And that's why we're here. Because if we hang out long enough, what's in us might happen to you. And the only way I know that that's possible is because of your witnesses and what it is that I see with my own eyes too. And it isn't just doing religious things. Last Tuesday, I mustered up all of my energy and I thought, oh my gosh, do these guys ever stop doing things? Now they want to go play volleyball over on North Campus. Right? And so I went and spent time with you. And already from a distance, I was struck. Oh my gosh, what are all those students doing here? 
And then I sat on the sidelines and I watched. I watched all of you and I thought, I don't know that one. And little did I know that you didn't either. But that you had invited other people in your midst to come and play with you. And you may not have noticed, but I noticed that as people were walking across Cherry Street and heading back to their dorms, some people were stopping and watching you. Maybe they were just curious because people were playing volleyball and they were hoping one of you would invite them in. I don't know. But maybe, just maybe, they saw a group of young people filled with something that they want. They might think it's volleyball, but the judgment I made is I'm witnessing a bunch of young people filled with the Father's love who are growing in awareness of who they are. Brothers and sisters, students, I hope that if you're preparing in your last year and ready to head out into this world, you are able to say what some of the alumni I've met in these days have said when they come back here, that the Newman Center has been a place that changed their life because it changed their awareness of their relationship with God. And when we know God, we're filled with an awareness of the essential thing. And we can go out into the world, and whether our bank account grows to great numbers or it's always just trying to pay the bills, you will be filled with peace and joy and confidence in who you are. And other people will want what you have. And the only thing we have is to say, how about you come with me and do what I do and see if what's in me happens to you too.